Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, and and people just doing different things in their fields. We've talked to CEOs. We've talked to professionals. We've talked to scientists and athletes, and we kind of just go through what is it that they're doing in their space that we can transfer uh, to our lives. Um, And so our listeners, I think, are taking away some really cool things as uh, um, literally with every episode. So so keep listening if you have been listening. Um, just before we jump into today's uh, interview, a couple of quick things off the top. One is uh, we are at that time of year when everybody is looking at building new plans, building new personal goals. Um, we have something that uh, if you go on to uh, the website, which is www.bigideabigmoves.com, uh, if you go into the enrichment section, there is a high performance planner in there. Uh, it's really cool. It's kind of got um, full kind of 60 day um, overviews and it, it's got everything from journaling components to um, setting up your day. So it works as an agenda. Um, take a look at that. And then you also can see the big move plan, which you can just download yourselves at any time and that's free. So, so definitely jump in there and, and do that. Um, If you're looking for a valued publication and resource for fitness, health, and nutrition, um, you need to check out Impact Magazine. Um, They uh, have uh, some really cool stuff in there. You'll notice that right away. Uh, The recent issue um, features Mark McMorris. So if you know him, he's a snowboarder. Um, So definitely uh, take a look at that. You can find them on Instagram. Um, You can see them connected through a lot of our stuff as well. Um, Or go to www.impactmagazine.com. And, uh, and check them out. Uh, it'll definitely be worth your time. So today, I'm, I'm really happy we've, uh, we've got a, a great guest with us today. And, and um, you know, I think this is a perfect time of year to have some of these conversations as well. Um, Crystal McFerrin is the Chief Marketing Officer for The 20. Um, and that is a, a unique kind of business development group that works with managed service providers. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but she's been a marketing leader in various industries for over 18 years um, and has uh, done a lot of things in, in things like brand marketing and public relations. Um, She's the associate producer of the Social Movement Season 2, is a member and contributing writer in the Forbes Communication Council as well, so you'll be able to see her work. We'll we'll hopefully be able to post some of that up there too, so you can get those links. And today, so we're uh, we're not just going to talk about her career, because that'll be interesting in in itself, um, but also get some of her tips and tricks on um, how to maybe make your brands more memorable and and a little more magnetic. So, So first of all, thank you very much for taking the time, Crystal. I know it's probably a busy time of year for you. Oh, thank you for having me, Jamie. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is uh, the kind of thing I really enjoy. So uh, I, I, you know, I've been looking forward to our conversation as well. Um, why don't we start a little bit? I mean, I know with your career, um, you, you've always been very leading edge in what you've been doing as you've gone along. At, at least that's that's what I could see. And, and how does the 20 fit into that? Tell me just a little bit about kind of how you got there and, and how it fits. Sure. So it's actually a really interesting story. I worked for the CEO and founder of the 20 um, about, I believe, nine years ago um, for his managed service provider here in Dallas. Um, it was the first MSP that I had worked for. Um, you know, I had a great experience there, really helped them to grow um, with marketing. 
I had always wanted to start my own company, a marketing agency. And so I felt like, okay, it's now or never. This is something that, you know, I've got to do if I'm going to do it. And so I left um, and I did start a marketing agency that was acquired and I started another one. Um, and then was actually recruited by a competitor of the MSP here in Dallas. And so I went there and then my CEO brought me back in here. But what's really cool about the 20 is I helped him concept the idea of the 20 back when I worked for him previously. And so it was just a pipe dream. And so to come back and I've been back about a little over two years now, um, and see it all come, you know, to fruition and have this hundred plus person company um, with this dream is just awesome. And so it, it's been a really cool growth journey. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, just for people who don't really understand it, what, what exactly does it do? Just so I can get a bit of an understanding for the audience. So we're basically, you know, I have like a technical version and then a yeah. non-technical version, but um, we're basically a big group of MSPs who have come together to grow and scale. So the 20 has created essentially a blueprint that solves three challenges that all MSPs and, and pretty much all businesses struggle with, and that's lead gen, sales, and scale. So we give them a proven process that we know works because it's built upon the success of, of our MSP. And so it's really cool to help take them. And for the majority of them, that's breaking through that million dollar recurring revenue mark. And then, you know, from there, it's the three, five and 10 million in, in addressing the challenges that they all face at those levels. And I think, I think that's important for people to know that a, a good majority of those organizations without help like this don't go past that million dollar barrier, I think, from what I understand as well. Right? Absolutely. They say 96% of MSPs wow, never exceed a million dollars. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, that's an opportunity to start with, I guess, too. So, yeah. um, so we are going to jump back into some of that. But the other thing it would be, I know that you've been involved in the social movement as well. And, and can you talk a bit about that experience? It's a, a different thing, I think, for anybody who's listening, if they haven't been exposed to it as well. I'd love to. Um, so this social movement is what I refer to as my passion project. You know, I have my, my day job here at the 20. Um, and I was, I was recruited for the social movement as a participant um, through LinkedIn. Um, the content that I was sharing really resonated with the executive producer. And so they reached out and I went through, you know, a series of calls and, and was selected to participate. And then I became more involved just love everything about it and what it does. And so the social movement is a docu-series that will air this summer on Amazon Prime. And essentially they bring together groups of um, founders, CEOs, executives, and give them a a big um, pressing social issue. And they have four days to solve it. And so you, you have these groups of just incredibly brilliant individuals and you come together and, and you put together a financially viable business plan to solve these issues. So we're talking, I mean, major, you know, like ending suicide and, um, oh. you know, stopping a pandemic now has been added, <laughs> that sort of thing. And so it's just a cool, you know, um, a really cool experience. And, and I love being involved with it. And if anyone listening is interested in that and wants to learn more, then feel free to reach out to me. We are recruiting participants. Very cool. And what we'll do as as well, if that's okay with you, Crystal, is that we'll actually put on the show notes, we'll put a link there so that that way they can connect to you and, and awesome. uh, if they're they're interested in that. Uh, and that talks a little bit about, and I know in, in reading some of your stuff and, um, and what you convey, a lot of your content is really based on building an emotional connection. Um, and, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that, about, you know, uh, maybe... It, Am I right in thinking that's a a big thing for you and that you really feel that's important? 
100%. I think that emotion plays so much into marketing. And, and really, I think that, that psychology is a foundation of marketing. And if you can grasp that, then that's going what's going to make you a good marketer. Because it, we're humans. And at the end of the day, you know, it's not B2B, B2C, it's H to H. Now, if, if you were an organization then, and you were looking at um, approaching whether it's a new brand or, um, or maybe refreshing their brand, um, how, how do you kind of start that process? Because I, I know some people look at it as, do you, do you go for the aspirational role? Do you go for, here's my current state and how do I brand that? What, what would, how do you normally approach that? Um, I think the best way to approach it, and a lot of companies get it wrong, um, but, it, but it's not focusing on you, um, but on the customer or the prospect and kind of walking in, them through your story or you, what their story, sorry, is going to look like yeah. and, and allow them to, to see it for themselves. And, and as you mentioned, aspirational to show them, this is what our product or service is going to do for you. This is what it looks like um, and to evoke those emotions and to help them to really understand. So it's all about them and not you. I think you go to a lot of websites and it's, you know, here's why you should work with us, you know, 10 reason, here's how great we are. We want all these awards and we have this and that. Um, but the ones who really get it right. And, you know, I'm in the process of redoing our website for this very reason. Um, but the ones who get it right are the ones who, who understand that and who can, can translate that into, you know, a story that the prospect understands. Yeah, I, I think the story part is interesting, right? A lot of places don't understand about, you know, the, the storytelling component of what you do is, is probably just as or more important than anything else, because that's, that's what builds that emotional connection you were talking about as well. Absolutely. Um, and, and so content marketing is a big piece of kind of what, what, you know, any organization is having to look at right now. Um, it's something that I know that you talk about a fair amount too in some of your writing. Um, you know, some people are, are think a lot about, you know, is it is it about the content itself? Is it about the story you're telling? Is it about the frequency, you know, the whole kind of Gary V model of, you know, get it out there a whole bunch and over and over again. And, and I see, you know, everybody has reactions to that in different ways. And, and I'd love to know your thoughts around that is, uh, you know, what's your, what's your thought around quality versus frequency versus maybe kind of both? You know, I love that you asked this. I actually had the opportunity to interview Gary Vee for our virtual conference a few months yeah. ago. Yeah. And he brought this up, you know, the volume model. And at the time I was so taken aback because I thought there is no way that we can put out just high quality content at that frequency. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or that yeah. often. Um, but I decided, you know what? He's Gary Vee. He's one of the world's, you know, best marketers. I don't think anyone would argue that. Yeah. And, and so that next day I said, okay, you know, I went to my team and I said, we're going to do this. We're increasing our volume and we're posting multiple times a day. No more of this, you know, three yeah. to five times a week. Yeah. Um, and we've seen results. It's been amazing to see, you know, not just the engagement and the reach, but conversions. Yeah. And it makes sense because when you're putting something out once a day, maybe, you know, on a Tuesday and then you post something on Thursday, the yeah. chances of people seeing it are so slim just because we're all on at different times. And then the more content that you're putting out, the, 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 sorry, the, the higher the reach is going to be for additional content. Sure. Um, because they know, you know, I think that LinkedIn, I, you probably know a bit about this, but their algorithm is not all you know, bots, they're, they're humans who are looking at this and who are reading it and, and, and upvoting or downvoting and, and helping determine whether it shows to people. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a combination of 
quality and quantity. Obviously, you don't want to put out something that's going to be low quality and reflect poorly on your company. But I think that most of us marketers have to realize that not everything is always going to be perfect. And and there's so much to getting things out quickly. Yeah. I I mean, and and that's so many different, not just marketing. I mean, uh, you know, going into organizations, I, I have an HR organization a lot of it is is getting people to see that not everything has to be perfect to be able to um, get things moving and be more agile with being able to to realize that okay if it doesn't work then how do we fix that and and course correct and it, I would assume the marketing model is almost having to change the same way and and the volume is probably even higher that you have to um, kind of push out there just because there's so much out there right now it is you know and I, and I think that's what makes it really good what makes really good marketing as well is being able, and I don't like using this word, I think it's so overused, um, but being able to pivot, quickly pivot. And so you're able to see, okay, this one's really working. Let's double down and do more content like this, or, you know, this piece, not so much. Well, uh, so going along with that, how would, um, and maybe how do you approach it? and, And how do you think good marketing teams are really kind of keeping track of that anymore? Because there is that idea of, you know, yes, we'll get lots of volume out of there. How do you, how do you know what's working? How do you know, um, you know, when to pivot or course correct? You know, so I I think it's so important to look at your analytics or social media analytics, I think within the platform. So within Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, even, and then I know there are outside tools that others use to do that. Um, And and so I think looking for me, it's on a monthly basis, you know, is going to give me the most insight. I have my team prepare this and I I can look at all of our posts for the month and, and then look at a graph and see, okay, you know, this, this one, you know, did extremely well. Um, and so just having that snapshot of it, but I think that for a lot of people, marketing has become just to set it and forget it. You know, they think, okay, here, I loaded up all this content for the next three months. I'm going to leave it and walk away. And, and it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. And, and um, so going along with that again, I guess, is that some marketers have um, some marketers, uh, marketers in 2020 in particular have struggled a bit. I mean, marketing organizations have struggled a little bit because of, you know, obviously everything that's happened there. Um, I'm assuming there's some real opportunities that come out of that as well, um, especially heading into this year. Do you, do you see, you know, uh, any kind of changes happening and do you see um, there are maybe some opportunities to take a hold of because of that? I see huge, huge opportunity. I think the time that we are living in right now is such a huge opportunity for marketing, for digital marketing. That is just because there are more eyes on your content than there have ever been. You look at numbers on, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the platforms, and and they're just skyrocketing. And Mm -hmm. so there's opportunity to reach a much larger audience. Yeah. And, and, so when you're doing that and you have a team that's trying to get the kind of muddle their way through all the other stuff that's happening, because they're, you know, I would assume in 2020, it was, it was probably difficult being a, a leader in those areas at different times. And um, it doesn't matter if it's marketing or anything else that was difficult. Um, how do you keep, you know, a, a team that's, uh, creativity can be, you know, one of those things where you you don't want that high stress all of the time, or it sometimes restricts people's creativity. How did how did you kind of go through and keep your people engaged and and still also make sure that everybody could be as creative as they normally would be and take some risks that you know a, a, that can be difficult at a difficult time. You know, I th- I think that's difficult. Um, I think it's always difficult. I think now more so, especially with having, you know, remote teams and people, I think there's, 
when you're able to collaborate, I mean, Zoom is great. This is great. Yeah. Um, but, but things are just different. And so it, it is tough when it comes to marketing. And I think that creativity can somewhat be stifled, but I think that, um, I constantly encourage just personally, my team to always be on the lookout at marketing things that resonate with you, because if they resonate with you, they're going to resonate with other people. And so I, I say, it's not just, don't just look in our industry in the IT industry, look at other industries, look at emails that you're getting, or even ads that you see that are popping up and, um, you know, use that to kind of spark your creativity. And so I push that. Um, I try to give my team as much flexibility as possible. Um, I, I can be somewhat of a perfectionist and I know we talked about marketing, not everything can be perfect. Um, and, and so I think when you give people, you know, your team members the opportunity to try new things and, and to really just go with it and see, you know, I mean, it doesn't cost anything. That's the thing about digital marketing. You know, the ROI is, is so high, even on paid, paid social. Um, but, but I think it's all about trying new things and, and, you know, keeping, keeping attuned as to what is going on in other industries as well. It's great for that. Yeah. I love sharing ideas and, and getting ideas on LinkedIn. Well, and, and so whether it's LinkedIn or, or kind of other tools, what, what are some of the things that you see really working well right now? Like what, what kind of approach, maybe what kind of, um, kind of tools and, and things like that are you seeing as a really kind of taking off or having a lot of traction right now? So the biggest shift that I've seen in the last year, maybe even six months, has been, you know, these voices arising, you know, it's individuals becoming, you know, thought leaders. And I know that term is overused as well, but becoming thought leaders to where you have people who have voices and, and the engagement and reach on those is so much higher than the companies. And so they're marketing, but you don't realize they're marketing and they're getting their name out there because they're, they're, they're sharing what they know. So just like, you know, you sharing that HR advice and, and getting, you know, your name out there that puts the spotlight on your company, you know, or your yeah. product or service. And so there's been a lot more of that personally. I love it. I think that it is really humanized marketing and I know I'm getting back to emotion, but I think it is so important. Um, and that's cool. I think we're going to see more of that. And I think that if companies are not doing that, they need to jump on it and start doing it. Yeah, I, I would wonder how, um, how many companies, if they don't make that change now and try to go back to whatever their kind of traditional way of doing things would be, whether they'll be left behind now because there's been so much actual change in the environment. So. Um, so if, if, as you approach your new year and, and whether this is with yourself or with, um, you know, your, uh, I guess, clients, I mean, the group that you, you deal with, um, how do you approach planning for, for 2021? Um, let's say first, how do you approach it yourself for, uh, for your own kind of personal development or personal um, ways of doing it? And then we'll talk about, you know, for other organizations. I, I love the question. So personally, I'm very big on, I don't make New Year's resolutions, um, but every year at the end of the year, I like to reflect and I, and I make a list of things I would like to continue doing or do more of um, in 2021, things I would like to do less of. Um, and then not only that, but looking at activities. And, and I think that activities, people, everything in your life is either a fountain or a drain. And so I always try to bring more fountains, you know, things that are, are going to to bring back and to bring joy um, and to make sure that I'm moving in the right direction. And so I think personally, that's how, um, how I go about it. For the business, we actually use EOS traction model. 
and and so we do our quarterly and annual planning that way and it really helps i think just having rocks to focus on for every individual for every department and just structuring you know not only our meetings um, but the way that we go about doing business it, traction has been a huge huge game changer for us yeah it's it's having that um having those benchmarks or or you're right the the kind of the the a solid tool to be attached to each time. It, it, it makes a huge right. difference in an organization. Um, and and moving into the year, um, how do you? Uh, what do you? What do you foresee as some of the the challenges that um, you or your clients are really going to face this time? Like what what kind of things in the market do you see as as being a, a real kind of uh, um, difficulty to to either manage or at least foresee? Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest changes in 2020 was everyone going home, you know, working from home. And so being in this industry for pretty much anyone in the IT industry, it created a lot of opportunity, um, you know, whereas restaurants and hospitality and, and those industries were hit pretty hard. We actually had more business coming in because more people were needing to get set up at home. They wanted to get in the cloud and all of that. And so I think that, um, you know, this year is a little bit of more of the same with the just environment, but people are already at home. And so there's not a lot of change and opportunity there. And so I think for businesses, for MSPs and IT businesses, it's this year will be about cutting through the clutter and really clarifying their message to get in front of people. It's not as much of this um, frantic, like, okay, we, we need an MSP, we need IT help now um, and getting in front of them. Uh, how uh, long-standing do you think it'll be um, that, like, do you think it will be the way things have changed where so many people are remote, so many people, what a lot of bigger companies really pushed against for a long time uh, was forced upon them and has happened. And you're right, 2020, a lot of people were just figuring out how does it work? How do we do it? How do we get that to happen now that it is happening? And, and there is a, do you, do you see it being something that's a lot more long-standing or do you see people wanting to come back into the office the same way as before? What, what do you see? I think that we'll see accommodation. I think it'll be a hybrid approach. I think a lot more companies are open to that hybrid approach now. And even some, you know, that have gone fully remote that never would have considered it before. Um, you know, we, we've done that as a company. We still have the majority of our, I would say 95% of our employees still, still at home. We have management back in the office. Um, but I think that a lot of executives have been surprised by how smooth that transition has been. And, and it's like this, wow, we can actually trust our employees. You know, yeah. I think there's a fear with old school management that people are just going to go home and not work. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so and, and that is absolutely it, that a lot of organizations are suddenly realizing that, you know, and, and in some ways, there are a lot of people who can be more productive at home because of not as much of a travel back and forth. Maybe they can, you know, do things and, and work with their families at home rather than having to, you know, to kind of parse things out differently, too. Right. Definitely. Um, one, one other thing is, is that, um, you know, women in leadership, women in business is, is obviously something that, uh, um, you know, last year, I, th I think, um, you know, there were a lot of strides made before kind of some of this happened. There's been a lot reported that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually um, been a, a more difficult impact on, on women in, uh, in 2020. Um, maybe just your thoughts on how to, how do we make sure that, um, that, 
you know, the pedal doesn't come off of that. I mean, it's a little different in marketing because there, there's, you know, historically a lot more females in leadership roles in marketing actually than some others. But um, across the board, do you see something, uh, things that we ha need to make sure keep happening to make sure the opportunities are there and that we don't um, um, fall back into ways that we had done things before? That's a great point. I, I, I agree. I think it's really important to keep that front and center. There has been a big push, you know, in recent years. Um, but I think it's important and I think the data speaks for itself. And if you look at the reports coming out, this research that shows, you know, having women in leadership increases revenue, you know, and, and just all the benefits for a company there. Um, I, I think just keeping it front and center and keeping it on people's minds. And um, I think there's so many incredible women who have stepped up as leaders and, and are really paving the way. Um, and so, and, and then I think for younger generations, it's great because it's showing them, hey, you can do this. You know, this is, we have the same opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And once you can see people in those roles and see yourself in those people, it makes it makes it much easier to be able to make some change. So, um, so you just want to make sure that uh, that that continues. I think, and 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 there's lots of really great business reasons why it should happen anyway. So, um, so uh, we always ask every guest that we have on about um, you know a couple of actionable things that I know people have already kind of taken away lots of things that I'm sure they're all writing down kind of all the different things they can do moving forward um, if if you were uh, whether it's a, a new business owner or somebody who's really kind of looking at uh, I need to really build a, a stronger brand or a brand that represents us more now than maybe it was before um, do you um, if they're going to build out a marketing plan for this year what would be a couple of things that people could do kind of right away, a couple of steps to get them moving forward in, in putting together a good marketing plan for, for 2021? So I would say the foundation of a marketing plan is going to be your brand story. I know I mentioned that earlier, but I, I think that it's more important now than ever. And if you put the work into that, into, you know, creating this, this brand story, brand script, whatever you want to call it, that will be the foundation and you can build all the other tools from that. You use that to write the copy on your website, to write email sequences, to create social content, but you have to get that piece right. Okay. And if, if someone were to say like, is there one thing that, um, or one tool or tactic that you think works so much better than everything else? Is there anything like that that you, you just think, wow, if there was one thing that I couldn't do without, um, is there something right now? So actually, I would say, I'm not sure if you're familiar with StoryBrand. I recently went through the StoryBrand certification training. And I think that as a good marketer, you need to constantly be learning. Um, I learned so much and it's just incredible. I mean, like eye opening and it's all, I talk a lot about brand story and brand script and, and StoryBrand is really the secret sauce that is baked into that. Um, I'm happy if anyone wants to reach out to me about StoryBrand, talk through that. I could either connect you with a guide or, you know, seminars, things like that. Um, or you may have heard of the book Marketing Made Simple, which is, is was written by um, the man who developed StoryBrand. And so I, I think that however you do that, whether you read the book or you hire someone, but just creating your brand story because it'll be the foundation would be the one thing. And then as we talk about one thing that I've seen be disproportionately successful, um, particularly in terms of content marketing, that's any type of, of social proof or testimonials, things like that, because we can stand up here all day and say, you know, the 20s great, it's so awesome, you should be part of it. But having, you know, 
the, we call our clients members, having, you know, content from members that's saying, this is incredible. It's changed my business. I tripled my revenue, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I say create as much of that type of content as you can, because it just works so much better than anything else. Well, and, and the interesting thing is, is I think both of those building your story and then the social proof that goes with your story um, can be applicable to a large organization. It can be applicable to the, you know, the person who's setting up their own home kind of apparel, you know, a, a digital store, you know, all of those things can kind of connect um, and it doesn't matter the size or scope of your business. It just means what your story is, right? Absolutely. Um, okay, well, uh, you know, I, I, I will tell you, there's been tons of great stuff that I know my audience is going to absolutely love. And um, so if people are looking to contact you or connect with you or the 20, what are some of the best ways of doing that, Crystal? I would say the number one best way would be LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm always available there. You can send me a message. Um, and I have all the information there on the 20, the social movement, but definitely connect and reach out. And, um, and I, I love meeting new people. So cool. All right. Marketing. Well, and we'll make sure that, um, all of those links are on the, the show notes as well for this episode. So, um, you know, the other thing I'd ask anybody, if, if you're listening to this, you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you're listening or watching on right now. Um, and make sure you leave us a review and a rating and, and let us know what you think. And, uh, um, we'll make sure that that information gets back as well. Um, the other thing that, uh, I know I mentioned it before, but, um, check out some of the, uh, stuff on the, the website, which is www.big idea bigmoves.com um, aside from just the episodes we've got some really cool stuff on there obviously but we have uh, we have some swag that if that's of interest of you but uh, the other thing is there's an enrichment section and um, all of the the books from some of our guests and some of the materials around the high performance planner we talked about before um, those different things are in there as well things that we think will help you with planning especially heading into 2021 so uh, definitely check that out um, otherwise again um, we will uh, have all the information in the show notes and, and thank you for taking the time, Crystal. We really appreciate it today. Thank you, Jamie. I enjoyed it. Great. And uh, we will talk to everybody again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Bye.